You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. very clear about what Jesus means by hearing his word and believing. In verse 47, he describes the person who will eventually come into judgment as ones who hears my sayings and does not keep them. In verse 48, he says, the person rejects me and does not receive my sayings. Genuine faith is obedient faith. Let me say that again. Genuine faith is obedient faith. As Pastor Dave continues his teaching series through the Gospel of John, he'll be reminding you that it's not enough to have head knowledge of Jesus, but to actually obey Him. Obedience to the Word of God is the only true proof you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Have you been transformed into a new creation? Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 12 as he continues his message, his makeup, his mission, his message. You are Unbelievers typically believe certain truths that they like. You notice that? There are certain truths they like, and other truths are offensive to them. Even though they're true, they're still offensive. But the Bible clearly teaches both truths. They will believe that God is love. But because we all like the truth, they reject the fact that he's absolutely holy and righteous. And that he's going to judge sinners because he's holy and righteous. Would an unjust judge... Let murderers go free because he loves them? I think not. That's neither righteous nor loving. If God is God, let him be God. If God is God, allow him to be God. He must be both loving and just. It all applies the way the world constructs his view of morality. If we abandon God's word, which is the only reliable standard for morality, we grope in darkness. And you see the nation groping in darkness as they sign bill after bill after bill to kill babies unborn. And now they're signing bills that you can kill babies even after they're born. They're signing these crazy bills. You can see the moral darkness encompassing the world and dragging us down, pulling us darker than we've ever been before. When John wrote his first epistle, his first letter, he writes this in 1 John 1, 5. This is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. This is the message. And then Jesus says in John 12, 46, I've come as a light. I've come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. If you're suffering in darkness today, if you're struggling around in the dark and you can't find your way and you seem lost, you seem hopeless, you seem dejected, you're in despair because you can't find your way out of this dark, I have one word for you, Jesus. He will give you freedom in the midst of darkness. He will take you out of that darkness and place you into his marvelous light. He will pull you out of the pit of darkness and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Believe in me. 
But you must trust in him. You must put all your faith in him. You must put all your hope in him. Amen. This is the final message, folks. This is the final plea. It's like Jesus is on his knees before them and saying, please, please. But yet they're going to trample right over him. They're going to trample right over him. He's claiming once again that he's God. He's claiming to be just and holy, just as God is. He's claiming to have the power to deliver those from Satan's hand. He's claiming to have the power to deliver those who are living in the domain of darkness. So many people are living in the domain of darkness. Man, I remember my time in the world. I remember how dark and how gloomy and how unfulfilling it was. How miserable I was the entire time. How I was always searching for something to fill that void in me. Drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever it was, gambling. Whatever it was, I tried to put it in there and it never satisfied. It left me endless, hopeless. It left me in despair. Nothing could fill it. Nothing could help me. It wasn't until Jesus said, I love you. I died for you. Come unto me. And I reached out and grabbed his hand, and he pulled me to himself, and he embraced me, and my life was changed. All of a sudden, I was in the light, and I saw things clearly. I didn't want to live like that. I didn't want to live that depravity and that debauchery. I didn't want to live like that. It wasn't my hope. It wasn't my dream. And I've never, ever felt more content and more happy in my entire life. Even when I lost my son, there was such a peace in my heart because of Jesus Christ. That could have easily drugged me down into darkness. It could have easily made me slide away because of the loss of a boy that I loved dearly. But God was with me all the time, and his light shone round about me, and I knew there was hope at the end. I knew he was the answer, and I didn't want to go back to that. He's crying out to these people, believe in me. This is your last chance. Believe in me. Believe now. This is your only hope. This is your final notice. You will get no more. There will be no more notice. So Jesus has reviewed his makeup. And he reviewed his unity with the Father. He and the Father are one. And then he reviewed his mission. He has come as a light in the world, and he who believes in him will not abide in darkness. And finally, we see Jesus' message. Let's read 47 through 50. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to the world, come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Jesus didn't come to judge. How often we think that God is just waiting for you to mess up with that wooden spoon. Oh, I got you this time, pal. And he's got that wooden spoon in his hand. He's just waiting for you to mess up so he can whack you across the side of the head. Not the God I know. Not the God I know. Christ came to save. He came to the people he loved. He came to his own people to save them. When they failed to believe, when their eyes were so blinded, as the prophet said, he went to the Gentiles. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for going to the Gentiles. He came to us. Jesus revealed the heart of God on the cross. He revealed God's heart towards all man. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That who should ever, who should ever believe? Not just a singular folks. It's not some esoteric thing, which means I got the secret I can't tell you. 
It's something that we all can have. It's something we all can have. He, Jesus reveals the Father's heart. All the world should come to repentance. That's the Father's heart. All the world should come to repentance. All the world should come by Jesus Christ because it's God's will that no man should perish. No man should perish. That's God's will. Listen to what one commentator said. Quote, some men will, in fact, be condemned. And that is a result of Christ coming into the world. We read that in John 3.19. But the purpose of his coming was not this. His purpose was to save the world, mankind. John 3.16, we studied it. We looked at it at length. We tore it apart. It is the most gracious, wonderful offer conceivable. It's the greatest gift that was ever given to mankind. Eternal life for all who would believe. Yet, the offer has an inherent consequences. Reject the offer, refuse to believe, and you're already condemned. You reject the offer, you're condemned. He's not condemning you, you're condemning yourself by not believing. It's a significant issue. And some people always bring up the fact, well, what about those who never heard the opportunity of Jesus? What about those who, who never, never heard the gospel? Well, if we want to know more about that, go to Bill's class, because he's teaching through Romans 1 and 2, and all the answers are right there. Nice plug, right, Bill? Go to Bill's class. He'll tell you what's going to happen. He tells you how they're supposed to leave and why. Paul doesn't make any mistakes in writing Romans 1 and 2. Look at that. But the focus that Jesus is talking about here are those who deliberately reject the message. Those who've heard the message, I don't want it. No, it's not for me. How many of you have ever witnessed to somebody and they go, well, you know, that's good for you, but it's not really what I want. You're rejecting the message. Okay. Reject the message. Okay. That's fine. You're free to do that. This is the message. Jesus came to bring salvation, but those who reject the salvation condemn themselves. We never need to leave the reason of anyone's Condemnation at God's door. It's not God's fault. I'm not accepting God because what about 9-11? I'm not accepting God because of all those people. How could he let all those people die? Well, there's such a thing as evil in this world. There's such a thing as evil in the world. Where was God during 9-11? He was right there at every elevator, every step, every building, every place. He was on those planes that crashed into the towers. He was right there. God was with those people. And there was many witnesses of God's love during that time. Many witnesses. Many witnesses. The responsibility is for us to accept. We must accept. Jesus explained that what keeps people from faith and what keeps people the rescue of him is because they're drawn to darkness. People love darkness more than they like the light. Why? Because I can hide my sin in the darkness. I can keep my sin tucked away and you'll never know about it in the darkness. The darkness hides my sin. So like, here it is. You can't see it. Ha ha. But when Christ shines his light on him, everything is revealed. Amen. Everything is revealed. So I don't want to come to the light because I don't want you to know I'm a sinner. Well, guess what, folks? Your pastor is a sinner. I am a sinner saved by grace. No different than any one of you. We're all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us. No one of us can stand up and say, I don't sin. If you do, I'll have to call you a liar because God does. Okay? Those who consciously reject Jesus Christ present themselves sometimes as heroic heroes. I'm not going to accept this Christ guy. I'm too 
I'm too cool to accept Christ. Yeah. I don't want to accept this Jesus Christ person. I don't want to do this. Problem is, there's a root why they don't want to accept. They like what they're doing. They're happy in their sin. They're happy in their sin. You know, I don't know why this just came to me, but on the Bridge of River Kwai, <laughs> here we go, movies again, right? On the Bridge of River Kwai, they're all standing in front of them, and he tells them that they have to go to build, build a work. And what, what the Warner Curl says, oh, be happy in your work. Be happy in your work. Well, they're happy in their sin. These people who reject Christ are happy in their sin. And they'll look at them and go, it's not my problem. Oh, how wrong you are. How wrong you are. Because we read of judgment. Remember the day, there will be a day of judgment. There will be a day that comes when all will be judged. They will be judged. One commentator said this, quote, Many opponents of Christianity have a vested interest in fighting against the truth of Jesus because they love their sin and don't want to face it, or face a God who will judge their sin. We think the love of sin sends people to hell. When we say that, we usually think of the biggies. Murder, adultery, you know, the big sins. But if I'm trying to take control of my own life, and I'm not allowed Jesus to be Lord of my life, that's probably going to condemn me more that's probably going to condemn me more than the biggies. Because I think that I'm okay when I do that. Please note that Jesus says plainly in 1248, there will be a day. There will be a day of judgment. A day comes, but he also offers us a sure way to escape. In 524 of John, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of life of death into life. We need to be very clear about what Jesus means by hearing his word and believing. In verse 47, he describes the person who will eventually come into judgment as ones who hears my sayings and does not keep them. In verse 48, he says, the person rejects me and does not receive my sayings. Genuine faith is obedient faith. Let me say that again. Genuine faith is obedient faith. If you say you have genuine faith and you go against God's commands, that is not obedient faith. That is not obedient faith. Obedient faith is genuine faith. They're similar. You know the warning that Jesus preached in Matthew 7, 21. The warning that gives me chills up and down my spine, that makes me shudder, that makes me fill up and worry about people that I dearly love, people that I know are practicing Christianity. Those who've been coming to church for a long time and have been playing the game all along when Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. But he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. So there's a last day. Last day of judgment that's coming. But Jesus here is giving them one final notice. This is your final warning. You're rejecting me. The first time I came, I came in grace. I came in mercy. I replaced the law. And I'm giving you an opportunity to be saved. To live with the Father and me forever. I'm giving you a clear opportunity. The next time I come, the next time I come on earth, I will take names. And there will be judgment. There will be judgment. He appeals to them. 
Jesus are the expressions of God's love for sinners. He appeals to them. They're not Jesus' words. Let me read some scripture to you. John 5, 19. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it's something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. John 7, 16. My teaching is not mine, but him who sent me. John 8, 28. If you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing of my own initiative, but I speak these things of my Father taught me. John 8.38, I speak the things which I have seen in my Father. John 8.26, etc., etc. All these scripture, well, Jesus says, folks, I'm just repeating the things that the Father is telling me. I'm the messenger. I'm the messenger that was sent with this message to give to you. And in my heart, It breaks it because most of you aren't going to accept the message. You're not going to accept it. But yet I want you to hear the words for your own ears and from my own lips. I want you to hear these words. The Father has something very strong to say to you. Won't you please but listen? Won't you please but hear my words? Remember what Paul wrote in Romans? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. If they would just but hear and receive. Let it come in. Let it drop from here to here. Let it drop into their heart and receive it and accept it. And then look at the evidence, the miracles, like we said, and then believe. A simple act of believing. A simple act of faith. What Jesus is basically claiming is that he's not a genius that thought up the message. (laughs) He's saying it was God's message all along. But I'm here to deliver it to you. I'm here to tell you. Notice that Jesus emphasizes twice that the Father gave him a commandment. A commandment as to what to say and how to speak the commandment. And that commandment is eternal life. This underscores that God is the ultimate and final authority. God has the final say. I love it when people tell me, just wait till I get up there. I'm going to tell him a thing or two. I'm going to tell that God a thing or two. I love when they say that. My response there, if you get up there, (laughs) should you happen to get up there, I want to be in line when you come against him. I want to be there. Watch. But the way you're acting right now, I don't know if you're going to be there. I don't know if I'm going to see you. God doesn't give us divine suggestions. God doesn't give us divine suggestions. Nowhere in this book do I read, you know, you ought to think about doing this. This might be something you could try. Look at these words. These aren't bad. Try this once in a while. Look at this. No. God gives us a commandment. And his commandments are passionate. His commandments are for a reason. They come from a passionate father who loved you so much that he would send his son knowing that his son would die for you. And the Son has the same passion, a passionate for you, for all of you, for all the world, a passion in him that says, don't die, don't go to hell, be with us forever. And here's the way, simple, here it is. The passion you see in Jesus Christ is immense, the same passion that the fathers have. He's given that commandment to believe. Remember back in John 6, 29, All they wanted to do was work. What must we do to do the works of the Father? We want to do the works of the Father. We're ready, Lord. What must we do to do the works of the Father? 
Clear and simple. Jesus said, believe. Believe upon him whom God sent. Simple. That's the works of the Father. That belief fulfills everything. The commandment focuses on the most important matter, namely eternal life. Because I don't know if you've known it or not. I don't know if you realize it or not, but this life is kind of a blip. But the name of the game is eternal life. Eternal life. Believe in Jesus because he's one with the Father. Believe in Jesus because he is the light. Believe in Jesus because his words will judge those that reject him. Believe in Jesus because he gives the Father's commandment that leads to eternal life. Believe in Jesus Christ. There's no easier way to say it except believe in him whom he sent. The message is clear. His mission is clear. His makeup is clear. This is the final warning, the final notice. What was that song? The final countdown. You know, remember? <laughs> this is it, folks. This, this is it. The, the clock is ticking. It's, it's getting closer and closer. And, and some of us are still sitting around on our hands and, well, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for something special. <laughs> so what's the conclusion here? Jesus' words are God's final notice to all of us. It's the final notice to the entire world. Remember, the world is separated into two groups. Those that will believe and those that won't believe. That's what the world now is separated into. Unbelievers and believers. There's no middle road, folks. You either is or you ain't. Either a believer or an unbeliever. There are no, no shortcuts. There is a day coming. There is a day coming when God's judgment will be dealt out. If you continue to ignore this notice, if you're like me and you look at the notices and they're white, I throw them away. If they're yellow, I throw them away. If they're red, I go, ooh, I better read this one. This is the final notice. This is the final notice that Jesus is now giving to the public. The rest of the time he's going to spend dealing with his disciples on an individual level. This is it. It's not another notice you can ignore. So I'm asking you, do not ignore. Decide today to place your trust, your faith, and hope in the one who is able to reconcile you back to the Father. There's only one person who can redeem you. There's only one person who can reconcile you back to the Father. There's only one person who that gave himself for you. There's only one person who went to a cross and died for you. One person and one person only. And in case you don't know it, his name is Jesus Christ. There is no other way. No other way to heaven. And we're going to read that in a couple chapters from now. No one comes to the Father except by me, Jesus will say. He is the only way. You need to come to Jesus and he will lead you to the Father. He will lead you to the Father and he will lead you into eternal life. Don't ignore the notice. Don't ignore this notice, folks, because there won't be another one. According to what Jesus is saying, don't ignore this notice. You are assured. We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. 
You can listen to additional teachings from this series in John or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you. And if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m. And you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand. And we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Assure Hope.